Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, this is Sue Rose Minahan with Talk Cosmos, your leading edge conversations, awakening the authentic self, empowering soul growth every week with a panel. And this week's panel is Kaleidoscope Visions, which has to do with the different transits. And the transit for this time will be about the year-long toggle. I could always, I think of it as between the really an outer planet, but still visible Saturn and the un, and the first one that broke that visibility with Uranus. And they've been in a square all year. Last year, they had two squares that were exact. It dates way back. It's a long, long cycle. And so it'll be on that touchstone because they're approaching a very close square tension that they've been working towards all year. And this particular program includes two persons who call in that we've scheduled, and you'll have information about if you want to be on that to contact through Talk Cosmos. There's a contact connect page and just say, and we'll get in touch with you because that's always a great pleasure, and we look forward to it. So without anything more saying, and today happens to be September 4th. I didn't mention that. We're beginning a new month, and Labor Day weekend for many people, and we hope you're having a wonderful and safe weekend. So thank you very much for listening, and we're ready now for Kaleidoscope Vision. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Sue. Happy to be with, here with you today. Yes, sometimes it seems like a long time, <laughs> but I usually say that. So perhaps it's true. We don't know. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I hadn't mentioned, but these Titans, which they both are, it's amazing. It's sort of a phrase, but in mythology, they were the Titan <laughs> gods too. Because Saturn, perhaps, should we just talk a little bit about what Saturn and Uranus are and then jump yeah. into the chart? Okay. I think that's great. 
All right. Because Saturn represents that authority, what's the rules and the traditions, that and mastery, actually, along with our fears. Yes. Yeah. And Saturn is, um, I love that you brought up mastery because wherever we have it in our chart, it's typically not an area that we have mastered, but it's an area that we are looking to move into mastery of throughout our life. And so transiting Saturn is kind of going to ask you to step up into a mastery position in whatever sign it, it's in, in whatever house it's a, it's applying in your chart, applying to in your chart. And that can sometimes be challenging. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm glad to hear your feedback because it always tweaks a whole nother perspective. It's like, oh my gosh, that's right. It's not instant. And that's where the fear comes in sometimes. It's like, how do you do this? And yeah. can I do this? And all these issues. Well, meanwhile, Uranus, which is the next planet, Traditionally, Saturn ruled Uranus in Aquarius in its natural sign. But right now it's in Taurus, which is a fixed sign. These are both fixed signs, which has its own difficulty because it's hard to, you know, how do you crack a fixed sign? It worked to get there. It, it was part of that process. But Uranus is also that breaks the rhythm, just the opposite. And it's unique and a genius, really, in its way. Well, that's more Aquarius, but it still is a visionary, very much the visionary. Very much a visionary, and it's it wants you to break free from what no longer serves you. It's a liberator. It wants you mm -hmm. to be liberated from, you know, the, the rules that just aren't working for you. And Saturn is the one that really wants you to abide by the rules. And so there, there is a big clash. It is a clash of the Titans, really, when you look at this. And when we've got Uranus in Taurus, um, Taurus is likes things to stay as they are. And of course, that goes totally against what Uranus is all about. It wants you to break free and, and shift and change. And so there can um, be a lot of survival fears that come up and where it feels like any anywhere that you have Taurus in your chart, any if you're being asked to change, it can trigger forward survival um, fear. And that's not necessarily true survival. It's not like you are being chased by a bear or something, you know, but it feels that way. The fortunate part is that because it's ruled by Venus, perhaps it does involve music and it involves art, these other pre-verbal ways of expressing. And so I often realize that if a person is in that, uh, survival mode that then one can express themselves artistically, which really serves our society. Doesn't give enough, we we don't give enough emphasis for that experience on any uh, what I'm trying to say on a personal basis. We always look at the masters. Oh, they're so great, but this person they don't even know how to do a stick figure. <laughs> yeah, but it's practice and it's an education and it's an outlet. Well, perhaps. Yes. And I, we, I'm trying to think, I do have some slides. Maybe I should go into well, the slides. And can I go can ahead. mention another thing here? Um, with, so we have both Saturn and Uranus retrograde, which is Saturn and Uranus yes. have been in, in square and they were in exact square um, throughout last year. They have not been in an exact square this year, but they've, they've been in orb like the whole year round. This is the only time 
that both Saturn and Uranus are retrograde together. So Saturn went uh, retrograde uh, June 4th, and it goes direct on October 22nd. Uranus went retrograde August 24th. And so there's this period between August 24th and October 22nd. So it's a two month period where we have both Saturn and Uranus retrograde. And so it's a good time for us to kind of take a breath and reassess where we're at with our, um, any issues we have around Saturn and Uranus that, that have been coming forward. And, you know, it's, it's all the rewords. Retrograde is all about the rewords. So we're reassessing, we're refining. Um, we might be re-experiencing thing beca things because as mm. both the planets go retrograde, they can trigger forward some experiences that we've had in the past that haven't quite um, integrated fully. And Absolutely. so, yeah. And so like integration, I love, I yes. love that. And reclaiming all of these are so important and particularly, and I have a slide, but it helps to mention this first that Uranus has actually been hanging because it is a, uh, it takes seven years to go through its orbit, whereas Saturn takes two and a half years. So it hangs longer in a sign and it's, it's, and because it went retrograde at 18, when it gets to that point, it slows. So it will be at 18 degrees ever since July. I think I have it in early July, like the 7th, all the way for a long time, for three months altogether. So even though Saturn, and you're right, I love that reminder too, that meanwhile, both of them have been retrograde for two months because it's also an influence, you know, these vibrational, we call it an orb, but it life is a vibrational basis and yeah so we feel it it's true but it's getting yeah. exact and there's always you know we're always Closer. pushing forward in areas in our lives and and sometimes when a planet goes retrograde well we've got other stuff happening and so we oh, don't yeah. pay as much attention to the retrograde but when we have both of these planets retrograde it gives us um it's a little more of a um a sign to really kind of take take a little bit of a breath and just kind of take a look at, at where you're at with things. And one other thing I wanted to note too, mm. the, so remember back in December of 2020, we had the Jupiter Saturn conjunction, zero Aquarius. And all of the planets that are associated with this conjunction are now retrograde. So Jupiter itself is retrograde, Saturn is retrograde, and Uranus, which is the modern ruler of Aquarius, is retrograde. So this was a period oh. where, um, like, think back to December 21st, 2020. I mean, we were in the height of the pandemic at that point. Um, it's, was, this is, was a time when we were really um, setting forth a new vision that we wanted to bring into reality. In and fact... So, yeah, in ahead. fact, this was when the YouTube began because I had yeah. the podcast two years before. So we've actually been working. I mean, not working. Yeah, we are working, I guess, but we're having fun. I mean, won't worry about that word, Sue. Anyway, we've been <laughs> a program since 2018, but a YouTube since that particular conjunction because it happens right. to also align with my Jupiter. My Jupiter is one degree retrograde 
uh, Jupiter, uh, Aquarius. So it, yeah. it was fortuitous. Yeah. Very so it's good, a good time. Point. Yeah. It's a good time to kind of revisit that vision that was and lost that and lost opportunity. I'm always reminded that when Jupiter is in retrograde, it's reminding us of what opportunities, as you had said, did we not really manifest or think about or want to envision? And I love the idea that you brought up three because we have the break or the structure basically with Saturn and because it is a very orbital, perfect, just in its own physicality planet. It's, and then it's inside we have, the lines, right? Yes, inside the lines. And Uranus, which is on its side and rotates backwards, is not doing the rules. It's its own rules. And according to the consensus of the rest of the planets. And so those like are, and then we have Jupiter, which along with Saturn is like the expansion with the contraction that makes things move and offers the perspective, the vision of trying to reach out towards all of it. Oh my. Shall we look at a slide and see yeah, what happens? Let's do it. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. Let's see. And just for folks, this is what we are today. Thank you, Nathan. But here, just a little bit, and we are rebooting our circuits, you could say. Last year, just to emphasize, to repeat, and you can look at this, that there were the two squares between these two planets in this year, not one, exact to a minute. But for 12 days this October, they will be at that 18-degree uh, transit. And also, as you mentioned, Amanda, that if you have a fixed sign, and here they are, the four, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, especially around 20 degrees, because it could be five, six degrees earlier or later, it's going to activate that. And also those people that are born around 1988, that was when Saturn and Uranus were actually conjunct. So I think that is our first person here in that time zone. It's not exact. We'll be experiencing. And this won't be square again because of its long orbit until 2043. So what else? This again, just it reminds that it's 18 degrees during October 1st and 12th. And that generally that point, because of it's going retrograde is so slow with Uranus that it's for three months, but that Uranus actually went retrograde as Amanda had said on the 24th and will continue until in January. 22nd, because I have to remember, I need to speak for the podcast people that are so patient <laughs> that don't see this because it went retrograde on August 24th at 18 degrees and 56 minutes to be exact. So Saturn, in case somebody is noting, it will go direct next or this year. Yeah. On October 28th, also at 18 degrees. So it'll be after Anyway, let's go on. So here we have, this is today's chart. And since we don't have a lot of time, and I'm sensitive to that, I know that Amanda, you are, that just to mention that it is here, and the reason I we're identifying it is as of today, we see here Uranus in almost at the seventh house on the cusp at 18 degrees, as it has been since July and will remain so till 
late October, but that Saturn, which moves faster, is at 20 degrees, but moving towards that. So shall I go on to the next? Okay. Let's do it. Thanks. Now here, just to, because everybody is always aware through media and their own consciousness of checking, Mercury has its three retrogrades a year and will be in a four days on the ninth retrograding in Libra. And it'll be at eight degrees in 55 minutes. And actually in a very close, will be applying to an opposition with Jupiter because it is going retrograde. Jupiter is at six degrees, but at, or it's five degrees Aries, which is also retrograde, but much slower. It takes a year versus to orbit versus Mercury that's zips around three, three and a half times a year around the sun. And what else? So in other words, to bring that eight degree point up and that there is that opposition that we'll be experiencing as this other tension happens. So there's awareness. Maybe we want to talk about that a little bit. And also that another player here is going to be Mars because it has a long, long journey in Gemini. It just began on the 20th of the month of August at zero degrees, and it won't leave Gemini until after the spring equinox on March 25th because it goes retrograde. And it does actually touch both of these charts that we'll be talking about. And that's, again, the big reword. So we're, gee whiz, if we reactivate, re consider, reinvent, re-become. <laughs> I love it. All of those. Okay. So let's see, what's my other comment down here? Mercury and Mars. They will, amazingly, while they're retrograde, they, well, this is just before Mars goes retrograde. Mercury that has just finished its whole retrograde and path will meet exactly at 25 degrees as a trine, not together, but they're both in air signs. One's with relationships with Libra and the other is thinking about your connections in Gemini. So you're activating your connections with your Mars energy. And with Mercury, you're thinking about those connections, those relationships. Right, because it's in Libra. So that'll be interestingly like a seed point. And then boom, the next day or three days later on the 30th, Mars is going to have its Gemini retrograde. Now, this may be confusing. Hopefully, people can look at this chart and for those podcast people. So now we have Natalie, our first, who won't be joining us quite yet, but we have her chart. And I thought we'd just look at it briefly. She has that conjunction that we talked about in that period of time, 87, 88, 89. And it's in yeah, her- and look at that Saturn. It's exactly on her descendant. So that's quite key for her. Authoritative people coming into her life and she being the authoritative. Of course, when it comes to authority, it's like, who's the authority? Do you really know yourself? Are you yet that person that stands your own ground? And we learn through other people. So that's part of the process. I yeah. think that has its own. But well, Uranus... 
uh, well, this, I was just going to say the seventh house is also where we often uh, um, project our stuff out. So we see it in other people. And that's, oh. that's what the seventh is, right? It's about our relationships with other people. And so you might pull in very strong Saturn Uranus types, and especially into relationships, Saturn in the uh, seventh is often having partners that are older, mm. or more responsible. Um, you the might guide. have to wait because it's a time. Saturn relates to time, so you might have to wait until you find like that right match for yourself. But then con conjunct Uranus, it's like this person is going to be a little bit different, and you got to like create your own set of rules. Yeah, it's a packed seventh house too with other energies. Yeah. But I am thinking that golden shadow. It's because it's most intriguing to realize that there's two shadows. And when we speak of shadow, which next week we'll be doing with Richard Smoot, who's going to talk about Antisha, which is another whole dimension about shadow. But by recognizing that, which we just plain don't see. So as people say, just turn the light on. Well, that's easier said, but that this is the process of looking at it. But we can project what we are and want to achieve to others and thinking they're the great one, putting them on a pedestal. So that's that so true. can be difficult. Yes. yes. That's, that's always a lesson when that comes forward. Right. And another thing to, to note um, is that this chart has a lot of Aries in it and we've got a, a North node, Venus, Jupiter and Eris conjunction in Aries. And especially that Venus is one degree from the North node. And so that's pretty key. Relationships are a big thing in, um, in this chart. And, and so it's not surprising to see a, a big seventh house as well. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just looking at the fact that this Saturn Uranus conjunction that is based on this whole premise of, of our square that's happening as it evolved now from 1988, 87, 89, give or take a year, that its ruler is Jupiter. Because I was thinking with that particular conjunction in, in Sagittarius, it's very vision-oriented and belief-structured. And so it kind of keeps breaking its rules all the time. It opens it up. It must be very... It, this person, <laughs> must perhaps be very dynamic with their capacity to see big pictures because as you bring up jupiter the ruler is sitting there in the 11th house of net of of groups of like-minded and of course jupiter and particularly in aries needs to be vocal so there needs to find an outlet to express those beliefs and will it actually but i know on, on a personal basis i sometimes wonder why do i need this and then i realize because i have some of that too <laughs> I mean, we're in its own yeah. own form, and I'll think, well, that's part of it. So, what is it that I want to express? It better be good. Shall we go on to the next one? Because I think that sure. shows the by will. Okay, here we have the by will. No, now this is because of the fact. Now, what did I do? This is September fourth. Oh, well, this is the by will for today. Thank you. I have a lot of slides here. Um, and so. Meaning that as of today, we see that these planets, 
Saturn that's on the exterior of the interior chart, the natal chart, the transits sitting on the outside, that Saturn is in that ninth house of philosophy, which kind of parallels this whole idea of restructuring, doesn't it? That belief. Yes. And yeah, so we have Saturn transiting through the the ninth house and we have Uranus transiting through the 12th house. Now I'm super excited about this Uranus transit through the 12th. I recently, I'm still kind of going through it, but I had Uranus um, transit through my 12th house and it's now kind of going back and forth on the ascendant. Mm-hmm. Um, the What I like about it is that the 12th house is, it's often where things in our unconscious lie that we don't, we don't have any control over. We can't, we don't know how to access them because it's not conscious. Right. And so, um, so this is the, the house of the unconscious and Uranus is here to kind of bring forward and, and break you free from some of that. And so you might have big insights um, into you know, patterns or things that you didn't see about your family or how you grew up or whatever, and how that ties into then Saturn transiting through your ninth house, where it's, it's all about kind of becoming the authority in what you believe in and breaking free from what like the society says you should do or what your family said you should do, that kind of thing. So these are working together for that. Yeah, the deconditioning, which is always so vital anytime finding that authenticity and not always an easy process. And this is where in the 12th house also the practices, the the spiritual practices, whatever they might be for oneself, which are so many in this day and age, which, of course, when you ever consider Sag with the emphasis on religion or spirituality, and this is showing somewhat more of the spirituality involved, but that that becomes your own inner center and authority and, and guru, you might say. So this is very yeah. powerful. Well, and I, and, mm-hmm. well, I was going to say, um, since Uranus is in Taurus, the ruler of it, of um, Taurus is Venus. And so just looking at her natal Venus, which again is conjunct that North node in Aries in the 11th, um, one of the ways to kind of move through through anything in the 12th house is to, is to get into the flow. And so I love the meditation idea. I love the spirituality idea. Um, being artistic, being creative, those are very Venus things. But even if you are more of a um, physical, tactile sports person, like getting in the zone running, that's a, another wonderful way. Just like Getting in the zone kind of gets you out of oh, your own way. With, with all that Aries. Yes, Jupiter, yeah. Aries. Exactly. It's dynamic. It has a lot of energy, wants to go. We only have a few minutes, but I want to jump forward with another slide. And I and the reason I put that smiley face down there was to show that that is where Mercury is going. It's eight degrees. It's very significant this year. Mars, Jupiter, and Mercury are all either starting to retrograde at that point or come back to that point to retrograde. And so it's, it's, it's powerful. Let's see. And I did bring in the Mars 
slide for Natalie because it is very potent yes. not to go into it long, but she is soon going to have a Mars return. Of course, that energy is leading up and, and going further. It's going to be quite, it's quite extensive, but it's going to be exact on September 24th, December 3rd, and February 25th next year. And that doesn't always happen with a Mars uh, return. It happens, you get the cycle of Mars is two years. However, when it occurs may not be when Mars is going retrograde over your particular sign. So this is really significant. It rules that Jupiter, the natal Jupiter, and it is her natal. And I think this 12th house conversation has importance because of the fact that the Mars does rest in the 12th house. And yes. so it does navigate, it wants to navigate those spiritual connections and the unconscious. And of course, music might be very uh, meaningful, but the spiritual practice and it's, it's how you connect with these terms that aren't finite. They're not right in front of you, like a, like a table, you know, like tactile, like you can touch with Taurus or the earth signs. Well, and Mars in the 12th, um, there can be energy issues associated with that because Mars is our energy and the 12th is kind of a, it's like I said, there can be a lot of stuff stuck in the unconscious and this is everybody's 12th house. And so it's almost like Mars is, it's in the, the house of Pisces. So it's like trying to walk through water or walk through the ocean. You know, it's just, it takes a little more effort. So um, I'm curious to hear if that's, if that's an yes. issue here. Um, and we will have to break in just a moment. And so to finish up with this too, I thought I would mention to those that can't see it with a podcast and also bring up because Natalie will talk with us just after the break, which is only a few minutes, but that's Mars happens to be, which is all tied in because it's during this time when this square is happening. So, you know, it's thinking about the past and the future, but it's connected with Chiron. So somehow Chiron's always that part that we don't feel capable of on a personal basis, but until we turn that focus away from ourselves and see how it connects with the multitudes of the of others, then we become, in a sense, its servant. We can utilize it. And it, it doesn't have that same meaningfulness. And it's so connected to her ascendant, which is how you present yourself out in the world. So this is a huge time of, of growth, you could say, because there's new things happening for Natalie, I think, as she's going to bring them out into the, the world um, through these transits. And I think here, oh, that's number 10. Okay, let's go back. Ah, what do we have here? Well, okay, we will rest here. So when Natalie comes back, we can have this chart because this is October 1st with the exactness of, we can go back and forth. Thank you, everybody. This is Kaleidoscope Visions with myself, Sue Rose Minahan, and Amanda Pierce of Seattle. And we're discussing these transits, Saturn, Uranus, Mars, Mercury, We'll be right back and thank you very much. Well, we 
take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Virgo. By leaving a cycle based on the creative manifested legacy of our highest creative form, the energy of Virgo completes the last sign below the horizon of the self and requires discernment to perfect oneself through the mental process of critical analysis. As a mutable earth sign duly ruled by Mercury, Virgo refines, heals, or fixes through daily routines, developing skills and services to control nature's chaos and maximize efficiency. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at AngelicClarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, September 11th, it's best. Neuroenergetic Balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday. Dr. Nels and his sister Linda Rasmussen will join me, and together they can help you or your animals with behavior, emotional, and physical problems. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. To schedule your mini transit reading, send the show an email at info at talkcosmos.com and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading with the Kaleidoscope Visions panel scheduled every fourth Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Well, hello. Yes. Gee, I love that spot. The station helped really dress it up. I just, oh, I do look forward to people. And I know that our second reader um, person, Rosemary, is having difficulty. I think she's from Canada. So we'll have to reschedule her too, but we will read her chart. So, but meanwhile, we have Natalie here. So let's see. And... Shall we go back to the first? Um, Natalie, you want to come in? Yep. I'm oh, here. hi. Hi, Sue. Hi, Amanda. Super happy to hi. be here. Oh, yes. We're, happy we to have are. you here. 
what feedback might you say? And we can go back to the earlier chart or any of them that you want. Um, well, I would say that the part about Saturn being in my seventh house and me having some difficulty or constraints around relationships is very true. I haven't had very many long-term partnerships, and I'm usually attracted to people that are more responsible or older than myself. Um, and then just everything having to do with Mars is very interesting. Um, I got probably one of the big, biggest promotions of my lifetime this year and just kind of coming into my own and learning um, to be an authority and, you know, just kind of help people navigate their own role um, in my job. And I'm also working with a lot more VPs. Um, so I would say that, yeah, everything you've said so far is uh, ringing very true for me. That immediately, and I know Amanda has thoughts, really will help with that seventh house personal relationship, which is also part of the seventh house because it's all our relationships and partnerships. But by becoming your own authority and life, very Zen-like is giving you this opportunity to experience and develop that so that you answer to yourself more than giving away perhaps to other people because Venus going toggling back through the, well, if you go to Jupiter that goes um, in Aries, oh, and that goes to Mars, doesn't it? Goes to, v well, at any rate, in seventh house, it's like who has the last say and self has to have one. So this is great experience. I Congratulations. Yeah. And the other thing that Amanda mentioned about my energy, I would say that that's also very true for me. Um, like I feel like I kind of lack energy and I've had to learn how to manage it. Um, you know, by spending time alone, I have a lot of spiritual practices. I do a lot of wellness things like sensory deprivation tanks and infrared sauna. And a lot of it is like me spending time alone. And that's really how I um, regenerate my energy. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you're, there's a part here where you're kind of becoming the, um, you're learning how to do this for yourself so that you can in the future help others. That's part of the Chiron that's with your Mars um, because there's, you're the wounded healer. So it's like figuring out how to, how to work with those, that different way of having energy because anything in the 12th house, it's just, it's happening on a different level. And I'm, I'm really excited for this Uranus moving through the 12th for you. I know like, most people would think, oh, Uranus transit, that's it's not exciting anywhere. But I think it's quite exciting in the 12th house because it can unlock some things. And, um, you know, sometimes that can be challenging, but sometimes it's not. But always it's illuminating and and will provide good feedback that will plus the energy. Thank you, Amanda. Plus the fact here we have, now this is jumping ahead. This is like a month later when actually those two planets are really in the same degree, not minutes, but degree, which is intense. And we one degree, you know, 18 degrees for this 12 day period and it's and leading up to that. So you also see that with your Mars activation, 
you having a return here now when that uh, uh, square between your, and I'm saying this partly because we have podcasts and also to be clear with that square between Saturn and Uranus, Mars has is exactly on your ascendant. It's going mm-hmm. to continue into your first house. Then it's going to retrograde back on the 30th of October. As I indicated, it will cross it again in December 3rd, digesting and regesting until the 12th of January when it goes direct. And then it's going to plod along and continue until it reconnects on your chart on February 25th. I think I have those dates down. So in other words, this is a process which when you consider Uranus and Mars, I think of Rick Levine. Now, Amanda and I, because I used to live in Seattle, and we would go listen to Rick all the time there in Redmond. He's dynamic. He's still one of the biggest people here for astrology. And one of his mantras was always, if you have Mars and Uranus together, it's like, if you don't put, it's, don't ever put matches in your pocket because it's like firecrackers. It'll just go off. (laughs) (laughs) So you have that kind of energy happening. You already have it with, because it's hard to channel these energies. You know, Uranus is erratic. It is that sudden, but yet if, as you become sensitive to the signs, however it is, and it's a growth, it's always a growth process. It won't be, you'll, you'll sense it. It won't be so erratic, but still just like you receive those awards in your job, it appears that you're meant that this is really an area of, um, potential of of great growth and here it is also in your first house you could be a gemini teaching quite a bit it's i'm thinking you uh, learning or anyway i'll i'll say it's can i excitement can i add one other thing that i'm seeing so transiting vesta is in your ninth house and it is um, it's retrograde, but, and I'm not sure if it has actually touched your natal Juno in the ninth house as well, but it's also in a square to your natal Vesta in the 12th house in Taurus. And so Vesta is like the, she's the goddess of the hearth and the Vestal virgins were in charge of keeping the hearth fire going for, for Greece. It was a very sacred role. And so it's all about finding that hearth fire within. And this is another piece here of just sparking that fire forward for yourself. With it connecting to Juno, Juno is all about contracts. And so Juno was the the wife of Zeus, who was just a philanderer. He was out with other women all the time. And he was just horrible to her. But she stayed with it because of that marriage contract. And can you just imagine like how exhausting that would be to be in? So this is an opportunity to like let go and break free. And that Saturn's going to go over it and like create some, there's going to be some space to create some boundaries and to break that con any contracts you've had in past lives Mm. coming forward. And that, um, doing it from your own authority and like just what is correct for you because Aquarius wants it to be, you know, correct for your uniqueness and doing that 
that I think is, it may help the, um, the Saturn Uranus conjunction in your seventh, because you need a guy that's just, or whatever partner you want, that is um, just uniquely perfect for you, you know? And I love and, that. Yeah. yeah. And I might say, yes, they're in the same signs of that unique and the, the Taurus and the, but with Juno, I have been learning to expand that mythology because when you get a little scary thinking, oh boy, the partner was always out and about, but then that's on a spiritual basis running out and, and connecting, but it's about alignment. It's about who you partnership. It's about who you align yourself with your partner. So expanding it on the higher echelon than the lower. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add that to eliminate. Like that. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And I appreciate that because I like studying astrology myself, but I don't know a lot about those two. I think they're asteroids, right? Or yes. yes. They, yeah. And yeah. I would agree with that. Like, I think one of the things I've realized is that I want a partner that expands my life versus contracts it and is also very conscious, like just has a higher level of consciousness. Isn't that perfect? Look at that. Going back to Saturn and Uranus, how beautiful right there. It is yes. uh, very much that it contracts is it puts definition i mean things need to go if you go out too far it's like well we can't see it it needs some kind of form it needs a form but then again you don't want to get so stuck and stayed often with a form well some people might but in it to, to give it a renewed which we're doing right now with all these retrograde energies well, and whenever you see a transit happening in the sky that um, reflects your natal chart. So the Saturn Uranus square is reflected in your natal chart because you've got the Saturn um, Uranus conjunction. So that's going to, wherever it is in the chart, wherever it, it shows up, it's still going to reference back to that seventh house for you. So whatever's happening in the 12th house with Uranus and the ninth house with Saturn is going to be affecting that relationship dynamics. And so your beliefs and what is what is the correct beliefs and, and what are my, how do I be authoritative in what I believe and like make it exactly what's right for me and versus Uranus, you know, breaking through kind of some of the unconscious barriers that, that you have, those things are going to benefit the seven. And this is important for all people that either were born during this period of time we want to bring up or perhaps you had a very meaningful event whatever it could have been during that time it's it's a flashback to to uh, restructuring but the but the growth process because i'm also looking at the node at that time now of course the nodes are 18 months so perhaps not all people that had that because it, it was over a three-year period, 87, 88, 89, they could have had a different nodal. Uh, but here it's south node Libra, north node Aries. Yeah, right. I was just looking at myself, looking at this, um, which is also a fact that Jupiter is going to be crossing over that nodal, expanding that, which is but what I'm getting at is, is that right now there's a focus on the transiting. There's an emphasis on the just the transits with 
the sun is what I'm seeing with releasing something that some kind of a, a way of manifestation that may not be in regard to relationships. Because again, with South Node in Libra, for those people that have that configuration, it is so much about moving your center to accommodate the other. Because conflict is not exactly what one, or one thinks of a difficulty in terms of conflict, where actually it's not. If one can return, refrain, what am I saying? Uh, rephrase that to consider that it's just stand, standing your ground. You know, it's just putting, or not your ground, but just having a, a definitive line that this is true to you and allowing somebody else to be against it or with it or whatever. But it there's a release is what I'm trying and to finding, say. Finding that balance. I mean, Libra is always mm. searching for that balance, right? I mean, the in North Node in in Aries, South Node in Libra, this is a relationship chart. So, you know, it's like working through things on a relationship level. Um, and so even the even the transits, the Saturn Uranus square, it's still referring back to relationships for you. So um I I I think it's it's super interesting, especially with Venus, the ruler of the South Node, conjunct the North Node. So yeah, finding that balance and really um uh but there'll be help there'll be help there'll be help <laughs> and then we go ahead. Some point, i am noticing it again natal jupiter at 14 aries jupiter that just squeaked into aries and is now on its retrograde path going back to pisces for two months in october and uh, i mean into december late december is going to then speed back into Aries to complete its cycle and you will have a Jupiter return. So there's a lot here that is helping with that Uranus part of that immediacy of, of unexpected. I think we should tie this up. I'm, I'm feeling good because we have, I don't think our other person came in, but we have a little bit of time to go. But well, with that said, go well, ahead I'm and give wondering if we can just keep going. Cause we've only got like five minutes. And well, I think we, yes, we will. We won't do the next one, but okay. I still think let's get some feedback from Rose, from Natalie, Natalie, and then we'll sign off. So any last words, any last thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm super excited about my Jupiter return. I've been like following that. Um, I think one question that I have for you guys is, like when I hear Uranus is going to be in my 12th house and it's in Taurus, right? And Amanda, you gave me some good feedback about like, you know, you're going to kind of have these um, unconscious stuff kind of come up and uh, be seen as conscious. Like I actually the other day was thinking, where am I being programmed in my life? <laughs> and how can I start? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you're on the and journey was, already. There yeah. you go, retrograde happening. Exactly. That's the kind of question <laughs> yes. and dialogue that's necessary. And journaling, listening to music, getting it out of your body, dancing. Oh, yeah. You know, music, 12th house is very much music. It's Pisces in its natural sense. Taurus is all about music. It's the undefined it's the pre-verbal. It's before Gemini. So, see, and then you've got all that Aries too. So, besides meditating, think of other concrete forms because dancing uses the body, 
music that's, is the that's ears. That's a great point, especially with yeah. Mars in the in the 12th, I mean, getting into the physicality and it doesn't even have to, if you don't have the energy for it, it doesn't have to be intense. No, it can just true. be, you know, soothing, whatever. And that's for everybody. So because we are applying this, the purpose of these are, yes, focused on one person, but it's illustrating the dynamics. And so there are going to be, depending on where it is in your house, there's going to be unexpected things occurring. But it is just as you've been reflecting. And I think we'll sign off. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you so we much. appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, Blessings you. to you. And yeah. can I just, um, I just want to mention mm-hmm. this book for anyone. Uh, for, I recommend it for anyone that has a 12th house. Um, it's called Your Secret Self, Illuminating the Mysteries <gasps> oh, of the 12th House by Tracy Marks. She's, and oh. it will go deep. Like if you, if you really want to get into it and she has a whole section on, on dream work and kind of using dreams to kind of work through some of this stuff too. So it's, it's a good one. Thank you, Amanda. That is very talk about synchronicity. I have been typing up some notes and Tracy keeps coming up as this great uh, case study of and every time I read about her, I go, oh, I need, I think I have one of her books, but I definitely am going to get that. I appreciate it. A good re- a good yes. reference is great. Yeah. Because I know that when it comes to Neptune and 12th house, there's also Maurice Fernandez with his book, which is very valuable. It breaks it down into incremental forms. Let's yes. see. So we, we have a few minutes. And so. Oh, and, thank you, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, Natalie says, and we have a minute left so we can talk. So we're sorry that Rosemary couldn't join us. But you know what? I'm very much aware that things work the way they do. And sometimes I'm thinking that one person really can be quite dynamic. With with Rosemary, there was uh, um, some emphasis in a different way with her chart. But that's how all of, but this was very illustrative going back to that time when it was conjunct around 87, 89, you know, so powerful. Yes. Well, hopefully we'll be able to get Rosemary on uh, next month. That would be yes. Great. And we'll tweak this mm-hmm. out. And I am hoping to show a few more facts on the screen. I think it's okay to do so, but we'll, we want to be right about this. It's again, it's that authority versus the breaking like where where how can we become new in so many little ways and big ways thank you amanda it's a real pleasure yes yeah this was great good connecting as always yeah so we'll be back again next month and you know the following year it's going to be every fourth week but this week is a little toggle back and forth but just subscribe and you'll be right in charge Thank you. Blessings to everybody, and we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 